1: Good news for dog owners in West Taipei. A new dog park in Taipei's Wanhua District officially opened on Sunday, reflecting the city government's pet-friendly policies. The new site in Huajong Riverside Park saw many furry friends happily rolling around and making mad dashes. The day's activities included dog and owner obstacle courses and timed races. Let's hear from some of the owners.
2: If you're walking on a road, there's actually no way of letting your dog off the leash because of current laws and regulations. There are also too many cars and it's just not safe. If we have these kind of pet parks and they are fenced in, you can let your dog run around freely without any worries. It's more convenient. You can wash your hands after handling doggy doo and there are places to dispose of it. And they also provide doggy do
3: bags.
2: (laughs) Next week on November the 13th, the 19th dog park will open in Metis Riverside Park. By then Taipei City's entire 12 administrative districts will each have a dog area.
1: At the launch event today, the city's Animal Protection Office offered coupons for pet-friendly stores and rabies vaccines to promote the concept of responsible pet ownership, with the aim of creating a city that caters to man's best friend. Today in our Spotlight series, we meet a Taiwanese teen artist named Nathan Chi. Chi is a self-taught artist. His artworks have been printed on many products over the years. Our very own Stephanie Yang spoke to the artist to find out more about his works.
4: The exhibition walls are covered in pictures of city landscapes and railroad tracks. These are the works of Nathan Chi. He began drawing almost every day after attending a dinosaur exhibition when he was in third grade. His drawings are greatly inspired by his life, such as films, cars, road trips with his family, and pictures he finds on the Internet.
3: I'm at an art school called Xie Xie Institute. And so for my arts I learned aside. I learned by myself. Some of my ideas and inspiration are from things or people around me, such as my family, my friends, schools, and some of the things I watch on the Internet."
4: Chi is a self-taught artist. He says he never drafts, and instead just picks up a pen and draws whatever comes to mind. Now a junior at the Shui, Shui Institute, Chi is holding his third exhibition. The exhibition showcases his works to date. She said that over the years, his ideas and style have evolved and matured. He has now begun experimenting with watercolors.
3: Just have to control the amount of water you put in the brush and the colors, and try to not um, paint with darker colors first. Draw paint with lighter colors first, and then later on, it will just it will turn out to be what you're expecting.
4: One of his current projects is 50 illustrations of a Tyrannosaurus Rex.
3: All of my current projects is the 50 illustrations I'm continuing to working on as one of my most important school projects. It's a Jurassic Park logo-inspired T-Rex skeleton. And It's not just about 50 skeletons that are the same. Every one of them are painted in different ways. Some of them are half-dimensional. Some of them are um, like oil paints, like oil paint styles.
4: Qi's father is a well-known Taiwanese artist, Ji Yuanzi. Seeing his son's talent, Ji Yuanzi has designed many products with his son's drawings, such as cups, bags, and posters.
3: Because his great work, I really love it. Uh, it's, it's kind of natural talents, not like a father working so hard so uh, for this for example this kind of job um, when i in my career environments, if I find some chance, uh, I always uh, try to give Nathan an opportunity to join some of my clients or uh, design cooperating products so there's uh, some items. Uh, from Nathan's job, dinosaur or illustrations. All my goals is to make up my, my own portfolio and to, for school admissions to hope to get into art school like Cal Arts.
4: Chi hopes to continue to improve his craft and become a professional cartoonist one day. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lu Tong in Taipei.
1: There were 24,309 local cases of COVID reported on Sunday. That's 1,214 fewer than Saturday's number. The BA5 subvariant continues to rage in the U.S., while six Omicron subvariants are still spreading in Taiwan. What's worrying is the rise of the XBB subvariant across Asia, which is posing a threat to Taiwan. In the U.S., in addition to the BA5 subvariant, the BQ1 and BQ1.1 are both making their presence felt. But the specter that's most fear is still the XBB subvariant. As a recombinant of the two different BA2 subvariants, the XBB has a high rate of reinfection. Philip Lowe of the CECC says despite the higher reinfection rates of the XBB and BQ1, their symptoms are not markedly more severe than others of variants. Still, he's calling on the public to get vaccinated with a next-generation vaccine soon so as to be protected. Taiwan's epidemic prevention measures will be less stringent tomorrow when four new COVID measures come into effect. People who have come into contact with COVID patients will no longer need to isolate themselves anymore. Moreover, there will no longer be any government requirements for people to be triple vax, and there will be no more temperature-taking in public venues. A doctor says the government is moving in the right direction despite the higher risks that come with the easing of restrictions.
2: A new chapter of epidemic prevention will open for Taiwan on Monday as the government relaxes COVID restrictions.
1: (音) Family members who have not had three doses of vaccine and are living with an infected person must isolate at home under the 3 plus 4 format. But starting tomorrow, this measure will be lifted, which means the days of isolating at home under the 3 plus 4 format and eating instant noodles and snacks will officially be part of history.
2: Isolation at home for those who've come into contact with an infected person has been an effective measure against the spread of COVID since the beginning of the outbreak. But the CECC has now concluded that given the mild symptoms of the Omicron variant, starting Monday, all people who've come into contact with an infected person will be under the zero plus seven format, which means no isolation period and seven days of self-health management. However, infected people are still required to isolate themselves for a week. Another COVID measure that will be lifted on Monday is body temperature checks at public places. They will no longer be required. However, the absence of a thermometer at the front door may be something that's hard to get used to.
1: I'm a little worried. Some COVID cases will see people having a fever. Taking temperatures is probably not the most effective method. We'll slowly open up as we follow the government's pace of opening up. For the time being, we will leave the thermometers there so that people can have peace of mind. They can take their temperature if they want, and there is an alcohol dispenser next to the thermometer so they can disinfect their hands.
2: The four relaxed measures will be implemented on Monday. In addition to the lifting of isolation rules for close contacts of COVID patients, ending mandatory temperature checks, and introducing the seven plus zero format, another measure will see gyms and religious activities no longer require participants to be triple vaxed. Now, the question on many people's minds is: With all these measures lifted, won't the virus make a comeback?
1: 虽然风险会增加一些。Although the risk will be higher, if people can keep wearing their masks and wash their hands frequently, they don't have to worry too much. The government should continue to open up. Taiwan's pace of opening up has been a lot slower than that of other countries.
2: It is clear that the central government has made the necessary assessments and reached the conclusion that the risks are within its control. It's easing COVID measures so that the public can return to pre-pandemic life. We head now to one of Taiwan's oldest
1: towns, Lugang, in Zhanghua County. In this town, full of traditional arts and culture, tea is serious business. And at the tea house of Wu Zhaoxun, a special way of packing tea leaves has been taught to the third generation. His family has been preparing tea for more than 60 years, and they also have four generations of calligraphy expertise.
5: A tea master pours tea leaves onto white paper before folding it carefully to form a traditional package. This special method of making paper tea packages has been handed down in Jianghua's Lugang Township for 60 years.
1: This
5: is a of Tea master Wu Zhaoxun says that back when there were no plastic bags, dry goods like tea were often packed in paper. At first, it was white newspaper, and later, by the 70s, they used special paper printed with the shop's name and seal. The secret to making paper tea packets has now been handed on to the third generation.
2: If you want to wrap it really beautifully, you need some skill, and it takes time to develop. Folding it is not as easy as it looks, because you need to make it look really nice and make it feel really presentable. That's where the difficulty
5: lies. And that's not the only skill in the family. They have also been practicing calligraphy for generations. Wu has now passed the calligraphic tradition onto the fourth generation, opening a calligraphy exhibition center near the tea house, where the beauty of Chinese characters can be appreciated fully.
1: Su <laughs> cha
2: Calligraphy and tea are of one taste. I believe they have a lot of commonalities. That is, we need to take a lot of care. We need to be absorbed in what we're doing. To make it right, the product or the artwork is not just simply completing the thing. You must want to do it well.
5: Having been brought up surrounded by tea, Wu is truly a tea expert. He's handing down both tea house traditions and the art of Chinese calligraphy and hopes the love of traditional arts will continue to inspire the next generation too.
1: Taiwan stocks in the second half of this year have been continually sliding under the influence of the U.S. stock market and geopolitical tensions. This coming week, another two major events will come into play, the U.S. midterm elections and the release of American inflation data for October. These will impact the U.S. stock market, whose performance in turn will influence the TIEX. Will there be a rebound? Let's hear from an expert.
2: All four major indexes of Wall Street are performing above the 20-day monthly average. South Korea and Japan will accordingly rebound. Taiwan, China and Hong Kong will be fundamentally weak for reasons relating to China's 20th National Party Congress and geopolitics. There is a chance for the Taiex to follow suit next week as long as international stock markets stabilise. There's also an opportunity for the trade volume to increase and boost the index.
1: Although Taiwanese stocks have a high possibility of bouncing back, unexpected factors from the U.S. may affect them, including the midterm elections results. Furthermore, on November 10th, the U.S. will announce the inflation data for October. The degree of inflationary pressure will affect the Fed's decision on how and when It makes future rate hikes. With less than three weeks to go before the local elections, the three leading candidates in the running for Taipei mayor faced off in a debate over the weekend. In particular, the KMT's mayoral candidate Jiang Wan-an and the DPP's Chen shih traded barbs over Chen's management of the COVID pandemic. On Sunday, Jiang's status as an American lawyer was placed under a cloud after a local scholar came out and said that Zhang's American license to practice law had been suspended three times in a row. Zhang, for his part, said he had never been blacklisted as a lawyer and that he was simply late in paying his fees and not doing necessary documentation
2: on time. Oh, yeah. The DPP's Taipei mayoral candidate Chen Shih Jung was seen pitching with President Tsai Ing wen on a baseball diamond. It was the fourth time for the two to appear together in a week.
1: Taiwan is just like a baseball team. The central government and local governments each have their own defensive positions. We must unite as one, cover for each other, and be good teammates. Currently, the election campaigning is really getting heated. It's really neck and neck. All of Chen shih team number 12 must together help him canvass for votes so that Chen shih can get elected.
2: Tsai hopes that Chen, a former health minister, can enter the Taipei mayor's office. But his opponents, one from the KMT and an independent, are putting up a good fight. On Saturday, the three butted heads in a debate where the KMT's Zhang An asked Chen seven more questions about epidemic prevention, causing Chen to describe him as someone pretending to be uncomprehending. Meanwhile, independent Huang Shan Shan took the chance to lambast Chen as arrogant.
1: I talked about this so many times, then we also did a Q&A. It was only then that I said Jiang wants to give the impression he doesn't understand. Then, of course, this seems that he really doesn't understand. In the future, I will take other opportunities to explain it once again. The Greens and Communists are one family is a new phrase he's invented. However, he's never signed a pledge that says he won't capitulate to China, so I don't think he's
2: right. In addition, the KMT's Jiang kept referring to his experience as a Silicon Valley lawyer during the debate. But Wen Da Rei, a Taiwan-born scholar in America, said while Zheng indeed is qualified to act as a lawyer in California, the name on his license is another surname his family used earlier and it had been suspended three times in a row. If his business was going well there, he would not likely have allowed his license to practice law be suspended. If his law firm in Silicon Valley was merely a shell company, then Zhang had nothing to boast about.
1: I was never struck off the list as a punishment. The reasons why I was delisted were because I was quite busy during my time as a lawmaker, so I paid my fees late. Second, owing to the situation with the pandemic, when they later requested I give them my fingerprint as identification, I completed it relatively late. Now I have given them all the relevant supporting documents, so my license to practice law is valid, and I can conduct professional business. My own license to practice law has never been suspended, so I don't don't know what his problem is.
2: As Selection Day draws closer, such bickering is only going to get more tense. Every year, Indians all
1: over the world celebrate Diwali, one of the most important Hindu festivals. During the festival, people set off fireworks and light candles to symbolize light over darkness and a spiritual victory of good over evil. The Taipei India Music and Culture Center, the group Indians in Taiwan, and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs organized the Diwali celebration in Taiwan on Friday. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look.
4: Minister of Foreign Affairs Joseph Wu, India-Taipei Association Deputy Director, and other distinguished guests light a lamp symbolizing the victory of light over darkness and good over evil. The 2022 Diwali Celebration in Taiwan is back in action. Diwali, also known as the Festival of Lights, is one of the most important and major festivals celebrated by Indian communities around the world. During the festival, people light candles and set off fireworks to symbolize the spiritual victory of good over evil, knowledge over ignorance, light over darkness, and new beginnings. Minister of Foreign Affairs Joseph Wu said, in recent years, investment and cultural exchanges between Taiwan and India have grown and deepened.
0: Diwali is the most important festival in the Indian culture, and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs uh, is very happy to be able to uh, work together with the Indian community here in Taipei uh, to promote this uh, cultural event. And I think that it's a very important symbol for Taiwan-India cultural relations, and Taiwan Uh, has that kinship with India because both are democratic countries and the bilateral relations are getting better and better and better. Uh, The trade relations or the trade volume in between Taiwan and India uh, has grown 64% uh, from the previous year and that is a tremendous achievement on our effort. And right now, we have um, Deputy Minister of Economic Affairs visiting India right now discussing on how the two countries can further promote the uh, economic and trade relations with each other."
4: Since 2020, the Taipei Indian Music and Culture Center and the group Indians in Taiwan have organized a Diwali celebration in Taiwan. The event is sponsored by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. This year, the celebration was held at the American Club, complete with a lighting ceremony, a musical drama of the story of Diwali, dinner, and several traditional Indian music and dance performances.
0: It's evil and justice. They're fighting together, and inside this story, they have a lot of environment in them, about the loyalty, about the, the, the family value, about the, the, how do you protect your land, protect your people.
4: Around 140 Indians living in Taiwan, including officials from the India Taipei Association, entrepreneurs, students, scholars, and NGO groups came to celebrate Diwali in Taiwan.
1: This year, year actually, our guest is over 140. Plus, the backstage team is more than 50 people is also helping on the backstage. As you see the beautiful decoration and just matching the standard how we do it in India.
0: I come from Kaohsiung all the way to Taipei to enjoy this Diwali celebration. So, Diwali is one of
1: our important festival for Indians. So, I, I came here to enjoy this wonderful
2: evening. Like
4: the whole family gathers. is just fireworks, lights, eating, dancing. And it's different here because obviously we can't do it on such a large scale, but the spirit and the joy is here. Just like they were all yelling out just now randomly during the photo, like that spirit is there. This is a third Diwali festival held in Taipei, and organizers hope to further strengthen the relationship between Taiwan and India. Happy Diwali. This is Stephanie Yang and Liang Junle reporting in Taipei.